Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. So really excited to bring on uh, Rich Logan to the show. Rich and I actually coached together at Xavier High School uh, this past season, obviously being a, a troubled one with, with COVID and, and navigating those protocols, but we did make it work and we were on the court a lot together, coaching games uh, outside on the park and the Lower East Side, um, getting these guys better and giving them some kind of basketball experience in the year where they really didn't have much of that. So Rich, really excited to have you on today and we'll break down this, this uh, pivotal uh, game for they're about to watch uh, in just a few hours. The Suns currently lead the series two games to one and the pivotal game four is really going to decide the fate of this series with the Bucks having the momentum seemingly from game three, uh, but the Suns looking to take control of the series. Uh, Rich, I'm curious maybe what your thoughts were going into game three. Obviously, a lot of people were, were heavy on the Suns because of how they won those first two games, but I mean, it's tough to count one of the best defenses in the league out. Sure. I think uh, one thing you definitely can't fake in the NBA playoffs is desperation going down 0-2 like that uh, to the Phoenix Suns and two pretty convincing wins for Phoenix. Uh, I think that was pretty impressive for them to win at home. The Bucks obviously had the pressure on them to come back and capture game three. Otherwise, they'd be down 3-0, uh, which is a pretty insurmountable hole at that point. So, you know, Bucks came out with desperation, played well, got more contribution from Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton than they did uh, while in Phoenix. And then Giannis obviously been doing what he's doing, dropping over 40 points, um, you know, really leading the team in efficiency as well and really making sure they secure the victory. So talking about just what this means, like historically, for the, for the Bucks to maybe pull out that game three win, I mean, just for, for so many legacies maybe in this, in this final series, the, the, these, these, these games mean so much, whether it's Chris Paul, whether it's Giannis, of course, whether it's maybe some of the role players that really it's their first time being in, the, in this situation in the finals. I mean, what do you really take away from that as, as a fan watching it all go down? Sure, I think Giannis has been pretty forthcoming in saying that, uh, you know, after winning back-to-back -back MVPs, don't call me the MVP until I, uh, you know, really capture a championship and become a champion. So I think obviously to his legacy, uh, as well as the Giannis-Chris Middleton duo, this is like a super important uh, time for them to capture the series. You never know what could happen in future years with the Nets retooling or the Eastern Conference just getting stronger in general. Uh, you don't know when these opportunities are going to come around, so obviously they want to be able to capitalize and capture on this opportunity. Uh, and then obviously on the Phoenix Sun side, this would be really a cementing, uh, cementing Chris Paul's legacy as well. Um, obviously been in the league for about 16 years now, hasn't been to, this is his first time making a trip to the NBA Finals. Uh, will also be his first time capturing it if Phoenix is able to pull this out. I think Chris Paul is like widely recognized as one of the best point guards in NBA history, but this would be something that really um, puts him up there with the greats, um, you know, one of the top five point guards to ever play the game. So he's obviously on a mission as well, been playing really well, low turnover rate, scoring the basketball, leading Phoenix, uh, you know, both on and off the floor uh, as the leader on the team. So I think it would really cement his legacy as well, which would be cool to see. It's funny, we were talking off air a lot about maybe just how the series is going to be won. And it's kind of with one of the most simple plays in basketball with the pick and roll. And we were talking about it before because really, I mean, there's, there's so many things going back and forth as to how the Bucks should defend it, how the Suns are excelling in it. I mean, what have you really seen maybe uh, take place in these first three games that are going to really dictate the next few games as to how both these teams are, are treating the pick and roll? Sure. I think, um, you know, obviously Chris Paul being the seasoned veteran that he is, super efficient player, it's really going to come down to how uh, Milwaukee decides to defend him. I think you saw in the first two games when they were going underneath the screens, it was a lot easier for Chris Paul to obviously sit back, take his time, d dissect the defense and say, okay, he's, he's seen these coverages so many times in his career that he's able to pick out the right pass almost instantly every time. Uh, I think for Milwaukee, obviously need to continue to be aggressive like they were in game three coming over the screen, uh, making sure they put the pressure on him and ho hopefully force him into some mistakes as you could see the Bucks turnover rate. I mean, not the Bucks, the Phoenix Suns turnover rate has gone up over the last few games as they've looked to apply more pressure. Uh, I think similarly with Devin Booker, you need to be attacking these guys as best you can. Obviously, they are going, they're both great players. They're both going to get theirs at some point, but you need to be switching up the coverages, not giving them the same looks every night, attacking them with different players, uh, whether it's going out under the screen or over the screen, uh, depending on how you cover the role, man. All those things need to be getting switched up throughout the game so you're not giving them a consistent look at what, is, uh, what the defense is doing.
Definitely. I mean, talking about just right, how, how, how much goes into these pick-and-roll defense, I mean, so much can be said about just how much the mid-range shots played a role in this series. Everyone's kind of spoken about how the mid-range shot is dead or how really they, like, they, they, there's no space in this, in this new game of analytics. It's, you're either taking threes or taking layups, and we've seen right, Chris Paul make a, make a living in there. Devin Booker, the same thing. Chris Middleton, even the other side of the ball with the Bucks, same thing. I um, mean, it's not really so much that it's, it, the shot's dead. It's just that it's, you have to be very, very good to do it. And this, these two teams in the finals, for that reason, they're good at these shots. Um, and we, historically, you could just see that, right, how important the mid-range shot is, and you're seeing it turn its head um, in, this, in this final series here. Uh, but maybe thinking you know, away from maybe that, that, that all, all the guard plays really dictated this series. There's so much maybe um, under the rim, right, whether it's Giannis going, going ballistic, right, um, under the basket with so many of his field goals coming within three feet of the rim, um, really being a beast down there. Also, a lot of just the, with, with the Suns to there and with, with DeAndre Aiden, he's been playing really well, but obviously it's tough for him to even stay on the court. I mean, what, what's some of the narrative you might see in that and what's going to dictate the battle of the bigs? Sure, I think um, obviously the Phoenix Suns are pretty thin at the big spot. I think that's been a big narrative in the series as well. How long can Aiden bang down the block with Giannis, Bobby Portis, the other uh, Brooke Lopez, and some of the other Bucks bigs as well? Um, I think that's obviously a big storyline. We saw in games one and two, he was pretty easily relatively uh, able to stay out of foul trouble, which allowed the Suns to, allowed him to really anchor the Suns' defense and battle with those bigs inside, where on the contrary, uh, in game three, he wasn't able to play as many minutes or match minutes on the floor with Giannis. Uh, that had a huge impact on the, on the Suns' on defense. I think he picked up his fourth foul pretty early in the third quarter. Um, going to have to look to stay out of foul trouble tonight in order to be on the floor, because those minutes when he was off the floor, uh, marked a huge advantage for the Bucks in terms of plus-minus, I would say. Um, in terms of, you know, obviously the Bucks will continue to try and get him in foul trouble. It's very advantageous for him with the Suns being so thin at the big man position. Uh, Aiton has really developed throughout the course of the season. He's, he's obviously remarked that Chris Paul has been one of the major reasons for that. Uh, I think if you watch the Suns earlier in the season, he wasn't as efficient or as comfortable running pick and roll or defense with Chris Paul, but through working through with him and Devin Booker, he's made... Uh, I think everyone's been noticing the huge leaps he's made throughout the playoffs, so hopefully he's able to stay on the floor tonight, uh, keep his, help keep his team in the game. Definitely. And then uh, going into this game tonight, obviously so much is riding on it. What's your prediction for the game in terms of the final score? Uh, I'm thinking it's going to be a much more closely contested game than game three. I expect Aiden to be on the floor. also expect Booker to perform a bit better than he did, only scoring 10 points in game three. He's historically bounced back from bad games pretty well. Uh, so I expect a bigger game from him, hopefully less turnovers from Chris Paul, Aiden on the floor. I do expect a Bucks victory at home to even the series. Uh, I think there'll be a big sense of urgency. I'm going to pick Bucks 122 to 114, uh, heading back to Phoenix game five, tied 2 2.